The Crude Life with Jason Speed. Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. we got a fantastic show in store for you. Our weekly Mining Money segment's coming up in just a moment. Imran Khan of Swan Energy is going to explain why oil and gas investing right now is primed for the next decade. Think about it. The demand that is happening across the globe for energy and how reliant that energy is to oil and gas, it ain't going away anytime soon, folks. And right now is a great time to buy. So we're going to talk about that with Imran Khan with Swan Energy. And then we talk with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer about the outlook for energy companies as they prepare for 2021. He discusses in detail one of the main issues coming up is the federal lease ban they're talking about. So U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer addresses that as well as what it's like or going to be like working with the Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration, President-elect Joe Biden. So that plus our weekly Fossil Fuel Fridays, Ken Lavin with Winter Mud, Matthew Hill with Night Energy Services. This week they talk with Byron Cottingham of Cottingham Consulting. Learn a little bit more. It looks like he's a PE. He's either a physical education or petroleum engineer. We'll find out a little bit later on in the program when Ken Lavin and Matthew Hill bring us Fossil Fuel Friday. All that plus much more on this week's The Crude Life Week in Review. Let's hand it off to Imran Khan right now with Mining Money. Time now for Mining Money. Imran Khan, Swan Energy. Thank you for joining us this week. It's mining money time to talk about ways to mine money out in the world because what last person I just talked to, we were talking about it almost seems like he got to spend nine bucks to make 10 bucks and work five hours to get two hours worth of time. And it's just all kinds of things are topsy-turvy this year in 2020, but we're coming to an end here. And I was just talking to somebody the other day about how actually, in my opinion, and I'd like to get yours, Imran, why, you know, the oil and gas industry right now is one of the greatest places to invest for a lot of reasons. I'm not just saying that because the name of the show is The Crude Life. I'm saying that actually from a lifestyle and futuristic point of view. Uh, just basically, you know, good, good, uh, good questions that you, that you bring up. And um, you know, it's just kind of interesting, right? I think um, a lot of folks uh, that are out there they, uh, they definitely love the idea of, of making money and investing their money. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the biggest parts of investing money is understanding what you are investing in. And, um, you know, I don't know if a lot of people understand completely when they're investing in the stock market, uh, what happens and, you know, when they're investing in, you know, some sort of uh, small business that they start, you know, what the actual outlook is. Uh, and I think there's, you know, there's lots of different areas there that are great, uh, but having the knowledge and understanding of what's going to happen 
and, and kind of understanding how to foresee it based on your data uh, is is very important. Um, and I, you know, I think uh, from from a lot of stuff that we do at uh, Swan, I think it's important to be able to understand that you know we're we're in our in our areas of expertise uh, with respect to. Um, oil and gas, and you know, we do a lot of different projects that are operated ourselves, and also um, non-operated that are operated by, uh, uh, you know, maybe usually a billion-dollar company. Um, so, in in those types of respects, we make sure that we find the right deals uh, to where you know we've got skin in the game, uh, and and we're doing it along with our partners. So I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, I think a lot of folks, uh, if they understand those things and, and actually spend some time on some phone calls just to be able to go through uh, some of the specifics of, you know, what they're investing in. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of calls uh, in the last few weeks right now because it's the end of the year and uh, there's a big tax crunch, right? Everyone's got their W-2 incomes in and they're seeing how much money that they've actually paid out to Uncle Sam and, you know, they want some of that back uh, and, and at least be able to have an opportunity to be able to create um, some sort of residual uh, income from, you know, from from the from the work that they've done uh, in, in other other industries at the end of the day. Got a couple things I wanted to ask you. One, I wanted to ask you about uh, why it's a good time to invest in oil and gas. And, and I got a couple examples I'm going to throw your way. But since you brought up the taxes, I did want to talk about that too. So let's talk about the taxes for just a second. Uh, I've, read, I, I've, I've read quite a bit on the taxes and some of the breaks that, that are involved with investing in the oil and gas industry uh, or the energy sector, if you will. Mining actually is really what it's classified under. Uh, there's tax breaks. And you know, anything from a 15% depletion to 80% uh, first couple of years, five years, in some cases, whatever, first year. But my point is, it, it certainly seems that there's been an increase of tax breaks to mitigate some risk management in the oil and gas sector. Um, talk to me a little bit about if, if that's true and um, some of those numbers I just threw out there. Yeah, well, you know... Um I'm going to start off with you, you, you said something and I just, um, I was smiling at myself over here. You know, you mentioned it's mining and did you know, uh, and, and most people probably don't know this, that, that are not in the oil and gas industry directly. Um, and, and some probably don't know it, even if they are in the oil and gas industry, the Texas railroad commission is where you actually, uh, get the permission, uh, to be able to drill wells in Texas, so the Railroad Commission, um, which is which is pretty interesting, right? We're we're talking a little bit about education and and how a lot of this stuff works. Um, you know that that's basically where you go to to be able to get um, uh, get an allowance to drill wells in in Texas. And you know from a from a tax incentive standpoint, uh, you know a lot of the structures that are set up within oil and gas. They're set up that way because the government wants you to invest in these places, right? Um, I, I feel that it's a misconception, in my opinion, that people are, you know, that that are paying 30, 40 percent taxes 
um, that that's what the government wants. Um, realistically, the reason why the government creates different avenues of investing uh, and gives you incentives in different spaces is because they don't want your money. They really want you to reinvest in America. That's really the bottom line. Um, and with that said, within the uh, oil and gas sector, um, the government allows a lot of different tax incentives if you're willing to take the risk. Um, and the risk is that you have to participate directly in oil and gas projects. Um, you can't do it passively. You have to do it actively. Uh, what, what that means is that you actually participate in it and make decisions along with the, the, the other partners in the deals. Um, you, in oil and gas in general, you know, to be able to do something on your own, it's, it's, it's very uh, taxing. Pricing uh, is very, very high to be able to drill a well or complete a well. But if you're able to get eight or ten others like yourselves and be able to partner with them, you have that opportunity to be able to put something together that makes sense and you've got the right folks behind you uh, to be able to look at your deal. I think it's, it's very important for you to be able to understand it yourself. Um, but, you know, here with, within our company, at least, um, we've got geologists, we have landmen, we have petroleum engineers, reservoir engineers, all these different folks that are on staff. And when we put our money forward into a deal, um, all these different folks are looking at the deal. I think that's very important to understand. Uh, and, and because of that, because of the fact that we do all this analysis and, you know, you, you're able to see all this data that we generate uh, from our end of things, if you, if you ask for it, um, we can definitely provide it to, to investors. Um, and because of, because of your analysis and your direct participation, what the government allows is that they give you a 100% tax credit on IDCs. Um, and what IDCs are, and, and you know, anyone who would like to Google it, they can Google it and kind of go through and understand it better. But they're, they're basically any sort of intangible uh, drilling uh, costs that occur during a campaign that, that, is, that is being conducted. To listen to the full-length interview with Imran Khan or to check out past editions of Mining Money, check out thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coming up next, U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. Well, I was born under a harvest moon. And I wasn't too late and I wasn't too soon. And I was born on the first day of my life. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure 
the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Well, Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Her Daddy looked a lot like him. That's not the way I had him pictured. Santa was much too thin. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up now, we have U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing uh, proudly the state of North Dakota. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. Is that too much? That is not too much. In fact, we might even have to turn that into a promo or something. You know, I, you know, I, someone was just asking me the other day, somebody in politics, because they noticed that I've had a little bit of a decrease of uh, some some uh, politicians on in the past couple of years. And we've focused more on a lot of the business owners and kind of that sure. supply chain, if you will, because... Yeah, interesting people, yeah. Well, you know, it's just they're... they're it's just that you know how the market goes. You got to go where the market is. And somebody asked me, and I said, you know, I, I'd have to put uh, Senator Kramer up there. And they looked at me kind of bizarre, and they go, why? And I said, well, for number one, he's always accessible. And I said, if you look at the last, you know, four, three, four years, it's been like a rare albino elk sighting for a lot of people. You know, they've they've been. <laughs> They've been going and hiding, and, you know, some people are having a hard time, you know, with when, when the energy started crashing and then yeah. also when COVID came out. Not you, though. Yeah. Not you. No. Yeah. I said the other reason I like him is because we don't always see eye to eye, and um, we'll have civil conversation, and at the end we'll understand where each other's coming from because we're still we're trying to get to the same spot, and we always know that. So. Anyway, I've always yeah. I've, I've put you in one of my favorite politicians through the years, and I've been doing this now for over twenty five years. Yeah, it's amazing for a guy so young. I don't know how you squeeze those twenty five years into such a short time. But um, the thing, Jason, I always and I always tell the reporters here, although I chewed their butts yesterday, the media here at the Capitol. But I always tell them we're in the same business, basically, and that is to inform people what we're doing, you know, what's going on in the Capitol. It's just that when sometimes they lose their way and what, but anyway, you can only do that by talking. Well, and you bring up a good point, especially going into 2021, you know, we have a new president now, president elect Biden, who has been very open about his feelings towards the fossil fuel industry. Uh, We have small businesses just clinging on to anything they can find right now. And, and, you know, before you, this kicked in, it was already starting to be a little bit difficult for a lot of the energy industry. So uh, you spent a lot of time in the administration, Trump's administration uh, in the energy sector. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what energy companies uh, should know right now and what they should be considering and thinking about going into 2021. No, that's a great question. And and one thing about, you know, any successful businesses, you have to look forward and you have to look forward with you know, realistic um, expectations and, of course, prepare uh, prepare for, for what might be coming. And obviously the, the energy sector is very dependent on public policy, all businesses, but, but especially energy, and especially when you're a net exporter like we are now as a country. That means geopolitics matters. And so clearly they have to be preparing for a Biden-Harris administration. And we should have some, you know, some sense of what that looks like because you know, of the playbook from the Obama-Biden administration. And it already looks at this very early stage like 
the Biden-Harris administration is going to look a lot like Obama-Biden because some like 75 percent of the people that he's announced that he's going to nominate for, for offices in the cabinet um, you know, worked in some capacity for the Obama-Biden administration. And, and I'm not criticizing that. I'm just stating that as a fact. So, I, you know, we do have some sense, I guess, based on history. And, of course, remember during the Obama-Biden administration, there was a lot of sue-and-settle tactics between the agencies and the environmental groups that were then followed up with uh, by stringent regulations, often beyond their legal jurisdictions. And then they'd also slow-walk every permit you know, possible. And so the federal government has a lot of control, everything from tax policy to uh, environmental policy, and not even just the policies themselves, and we can talk about that in a little bit, but, but how these policies are administered, how rules are enforced. It's not just the regulation, it's the regulator. And, and so there's lots of ways they can slow walk things. So when the Trump administration came in, for example, the North Dakota Bureau of Land Management had one of the highest APD backlogs in the country, that, that's applications for, for permits to drill. And for the oil and gas industry, it's, it's really clear they'll immediately go after methane regulations for new and existing sources and some type of prohibition to lease and drill on federal property. Now, one of the reasons the Bakken took off you know, much bigger and faster than other plays, besides the fact that it's a very oil-rich play, is that a lot of North Dakota is not, on, uh, is not owned by the federal government. But we also know that much of the heart of the Bakken is on, on federal property. And so, you know, some type of a prohibition to lease or, and or drill on federal land will be a really big issue for North Dakota. And, um, you know, we, we also know that there's about, uh, I guess Lynn Helms is saying, there's about 48% of North Dakota's spacing units that have some amount of federal minerals. So even if it's not federal land, we do know that with our unitizing and whatnot that, that, that there's a lot of federal minerals, and, and 48% is quite a bit. It's a substantial amount that, that you will lose access to. And that means a, a lot of lost revenue for neighboring mineral owners and governments. Uh, um, production for our, our economy still largely utilizing oil now and many years into the future. So, Let me just um, jump in for one second. I just yep. want to paint a, a picture for somebody out there that maybe isn't following that. Is Basically what we're talking about is that you know you could start drilling on your specific area but because these laterals go several miles underground horizontally you could be entering into a federal type of a, a jurisdiction if you will we just had kathleen skama on she's the uh, president of the western energy alliance and that is a yep. big deal out west of course you start yes. you, you you get west of uh, the black hills and about every other foot is federal land in some way or another so it, it, it becomes a little bit tricky. And that's interesting to hear about North Dakota having it. I didn't know it was that high. I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, so when you think of 48%, and, and what Linda's saying is that so 48% of our spacing units have some amount of federal minerals. So, so it's, it's not 48% is federal. It's 48% of the units have some amount of federal minerals. And, and what, what that means is, to, to the illustration you just pointed out, that, that means that you could lose, companies could lose access to, you know, um, a resource that's vast majority of which is private, but if there's a little bit of federal in there, um, then there's becomes jurisdictional problems. And, and even if you can, you know, get the right percentage worked out, you know, as an investor, you're going to look to, well, where would it be easier? 
you know, where would it cost me less? Where's it less hassle? And so even in North Dakota, a federal prohibition could become a really big problem. Um, now, we also have, you know, because of politics, we have this Georgia runoff election, you know, the Senate. Mr. Kevin Kramer, U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer, I'd like you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. The kids in girl and boy land will have a jubilee. They're gonna build a toy land all around that Christmas tree. So you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, man, Santa Claus is coming. To town, the crude life is sponsored in part by it takes an industry to build a forest hey folks jason Spees with the crude life did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year lack of watering transplant shock special interest groups poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest and that is exactly what the industrial forest does sustainability sheds critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come it takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out theindustrialforest.com that's theindustrialforest.com you know dasher and dancer and prancer and vixen comet and cupid and the holiday music heard on today's program is performed by singer-songwriter Blind Joe. For more information on Blind Joe and how to purchase his music, visit thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. You'll find all the information and links to Blind Joe there. One more time, this is singer-songwriter Blind Joe with some holiday music. Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for joining us. Now we continue the conversation with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. Because of politics, we have this Georgia runoff election, you know, the Senate election. And right now, Republicans have 50 Republican senators. There's 48 Democratic senators. And these two will determine whether Republicans or Democrats control. And, and so control the sense is a big thing, but we need that control as Republicans and as pro-energy um, states to prevent any drastic lawmaking that, uh, you know, that would try to satisfy the Green New Deal uh, proponents, for example. So, um, you know, elections have consequences, and, and while a Biden-Harris administration will be able to use their executive powers in, in lots of ways, at the very least, if we maintain control of the United States Senate, we can prevent big policy changes. 
and you know additional taxes or um, you know like say green new deal types of legislation now fr from a market perspective we, we were you know the COVID-19 um, pandemic has clearly demonstrated and illustrated and highlighted the vulnerability of supply chains so it's, it seems like you know right now I think oils as we record this somewhere around 46 47 dollars a barrel i mean 50 would be better but it's a, at least it's much better than it was when it was negative and and i think we've seen you know we've worked hard i worked very hard on bringing saudi arabia a little closer to in compliance um but but we're, we're bringing oil inventory numbers down with prices improving but then you have new york and california and europe announcing more restrictions on their economies and citizens and, and then price you know, comes back down, the vaccine is hopefully will provide some of what people are looking for to eliminate the COVID-19 restrictions. And then we get activity, get market back. The, the biggest problem we have in the oil industry and to, from a pricing standpoint is that it, it, there's market share, obviously, and in, in that, that uh, demand is way down because travel is way down. I travel every week, as you know, and so I, I can see it pretty clearly. So May 21, I think futures were at 47 uh, a couple of days ago. It's, it's the highest price on the chart. So uh, we've got a little ways to go. Um, but I'd also be watching, Jason, from a policy standpoint, from a geopolitical standpoint, to see what Iran, Russia, Saudi Arabia do, and what the Biden-Harris administration would do to, in response, because we already know that the Biden-Harris administration wants to re-engage Iran, for example. And Iran has already upped their, they've announced what they want to do in terms of upping their production once the sanctions are lifted. And Iran, you know, becomes a pretty major player, pretty major competitor. Saudi Arabia has been playing okay since they pulled off the, you know, the bait and switch on us with Russia here earlier this year, which caused this firestorm. And, you know, I, I will just gladly tell you, I now have the cell number of the Saudi Saudi princess who is the ambassador to the United States, and we talk pretty regularly. So we are we have a little friendlier relationship now, but if they decide to turn the spigots back on, uh, we could be in a lot of trouble. So um, production is, I think, around 11 million barrels per day, which is up from 9.7 million at its low in August, but it's down from 13.1 million barrels per day. It's high in, in February, March. So we're going to see how these nations play, and, and um, you know, politics matters. Well, there's certainly the demand in energy isn't going away. And when you look at China's population, the majority of them, by the way, are aging uh, with the one-child policy they've had for a long time. India's right. growing. You've got the United States baby boomers. They outnumber Generation X and, and the millennials pretty good so that, you know, the baby boomers are aging. The, po the, 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 globe, is, the globe is aging, and so the healthcare facilities are going to need more uh, energy. And if you go take a look at any municipality, generally it's emergency services and healthcare facilities that make up most of your power grid. Uh, with that being said, I, I just, I look at the, the world of business and some of the, you know, regulations that we were talking about. There was a, a gentleman, uh, Ray Scott out of Colorado. He's a, a house uh, Senate over there on uh, Grand Junction, I think District 45. Yep. Maybe. I, I, I've met Ray in had lunch with, breakfast with him once in Grand Junction. I was there on behalf of um, the Trump campaign four years ago, doing an energy. Okay, event. he he was on about uh, February this time last year or this year, and he made a great comment, which is the market isn't the issue, legislation is the issue. And I thought that was such a great comment because 
you know, there is a demand out there for a better quality of life, whether it's from heating our homes or driving our vehicles or getting our goods and services delivered, especially now, to our doorstep. Right. Uh, What's missing with this administration? What's not connecting with a lot of uh, some of the environmentalists? I saw North Face came out and said, hey, we don't want to have anything to do with fossil fuels anymore, but, you know, we'll certainly take your orders and deliver them to you. You know, the hypocrisy (laughs) is just getting out there. (laughs) No, Jason, there's such a disconnect. Um, Part of the problem is you take a North Face as an example or any other major retailer or distributor of some type, um, and I deal with this in the banking side in a big way, big, big way. I'm always fighting the, the major banks trying to remind them of their obligation to provide capital to legal businesses and not make these decisions, investment decisions, based on political pressure from, from other folks. But all of that, whether it's political pressure, whether it's, it's um, you know, pressure from environmental extremists or, uh, you know, even, even in, you know, proxies, proxy wars that a lot of these companies have to deal with, um, it all creates some market. It either distorts a natural market. Well, usually that is the case. It'll distort a nat- nat- uh, natural market. So it's clear that, that some of these companies are responding to that. But to, to the senator's point, um, to Ray's point, you have, you also have uh, policy that weighs in on that. Policy can either clear the way for a free market or it can distort markets with with regulations. To listen to the full-length interview with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coming up next, Fossil Fuel Fridays. Ken Lavin, Matthew Hill, they talk with Byron Cunningham this week. Cottingham, C-O-T-T-I-N-G-H-A-M, Cottingham. My name is Jason Spies. This is The Crude Life Week in Review. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They'd never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeer loved him. As they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you'll go down in history. Yeah, then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history the Crude Life is sponsored in part by... When it comes to making money, they say buy low and sell high. That's what they say. Well, right now is a great time to invest in the oil and gas industry. 
Almost anyone can invest in the oil and gas industry, and Swan Energy wants to help you out. Their joint venture structure is constructed to protect you during all phases of the partnership process and investment. They offer a direct participation in oil and gas projects to partner approved investors. To find out more information about how you can invest in the oil and gas industry, contact Swan Energy today. Visit their website, swanenergyinc.com. That's swanenergyinc.com. Today is a great day to invest in oil and gas. The holiday music heard on today's program is performed by singer-songwriter Blind Joe. For more information on Blind Joe and how to purchase his music, visit thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. You'll find all the information and links to Blind Joe there. One more time, this is singer-songwriter Blind Joe with some holiday music. On is the bluebird, here to stay is the new bird. Sings a love song as we go along, walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow, we can build a snowman and pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say, I am married, we'll say, No, man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Welcome Later back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we hand the baton off to Ken Lavin with Winter Mud and Matthew Hill with Night Energy Services, Fossil Fuel Fridays. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt Hill with Night Energy Services. Ken Lavin with Winter Mud. Byron Cottingham with Cottingham Consulting. Byron Cottingham, Cottingham Consulting, everybody. This is our show, Fossil Fuel Fridays. I'm here with two beautiful bald men and then this guy over here. I'm not joining the club. I can't Should I join the club? What do y'all think? No, yes. no, no, no. No? Oh. no, we gotta have somebody out there to represent your outdoor pictures and uh, winter mud things. I got real uh, lucky to know Byron Cottingham here in Oklahoma City. Uh, mostly just, uh, he is so involved in uh, advocacy groups here in Oklahoma City for oil and gas industries, SPE, uh, YPE, Petroleum Alliance. He's he's put his heart and soul in our into oil and gas here. Uh, just an amazing leader, and know always that he's going to ride around the corner from uh, another uh, another win. Right. Sure. Absolutely, especially with this new venture. Yeah, uh, Byron, please uh, tell everybody, uh, there's so many people watching from our own industry, but also outside of the industry. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got here. Yeah, that's great. So, petroleum um, engineer, graduated from the University of Oklahoma. Um, also got a uh, master's in energy business from the University of Tulsa. Uh, did that online while I was going back to school, uh, working with energy. So, out of college, we worked with energy here started on the operations engineering side. So that's where I've been the last 10 plus years in operations engineering, uh, production engineering, water management, completions, a little bit of reservoir, uh, but, you know, a lot of time spent out in the field, but also in the office and operations side. Uh, worked for Lit Energy for about seven and a half years, um, then transitioned. We, out of bankruptcy, we created a company called Roan Resources and Joe Venture from Lit Energy and Citizen Energy. Um, was on the integration team, transition team, Worked over transition to own resources. Act of America yeah. between a couple of great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right Absolutely. on. Everybody right on the there. Great. Uh, got to start there really early. Uh, so help help build road, help build it. You know, brought in a lot of people. 
um, interviewed, helped train, uh, fantastic opportunity with Brown. Um, once again, on the operations engineering side, also worked in Reservoir. transitioned out, gave me a great opportunity to start my own deal with Cognitive Consulting, helped provide, you know, my services opportunities for other companies in the industry, and, and help their companies either with projects, or with growth, and some of their business development. So it's been the last six months doing that. So it sounds like you got, like, so what all can you do? Yeah, 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 it's been really good. Uh, what all can you do at Cognitive, and uh, what's, your, what's your focus, uh, whether you see maybe so many changes in our industry so you uh you know you have a lot of ideas what are you doing now where are you going uh, who are you working with yeah great uh, so there's a lot of a lot of opportunities kind of adapt and overcome the last six months have been really interesting uh, but i've been working with uh, a couple different companies uh doing project management uh, working with different projects on the engineering side production engineering completion engineering mainly um have done uh here in the in our, in our base so been on it so kind of the Nationwide USA. That's right. You know, have, have wheels will travel. Uh, yes. So, um, but one of the other things I've, I've had the privilege of doing is join the privateers. So, spent a little over the last six months with the privateer group. Uh, we represent several different companies, um, helping provide different packages and opportunities for companies. So, one of the things I've been doing the last few months is helping companies review their chemical programs, both on the production side and completion side. So, help putting a couple different completion technology packages. And been out on a couple of well completions here in Oklahoma um, and had some, some really good results so far. Just a vital service to our industry, everybody. I mean, fire knows. Everybody's talking about, hey, we've gone out to all these thousands and thousands of wells. Now, you know, these days, what am I going to do to keep them running or, or bring them back online? I mean, what a great service. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, really, one of the big advantages I had was that Lynn Energy worked in production for so long both on the horizontal and vertical well side, is having that true understanding of what the wells need as far as our personal programs, how to help optimize wells in order to make the most value and money for the company. Anyone you want to shout out at practice here? I know you want to say hi to Oh, yeah. Shout out to Jay Jordan. He's the ones that brought me into the privateers, so enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, really enjoy the relationships I've had with all the privateers, not only here in Oklahoma, but also, you know, we've got a bunch of Texas. Uh, great company. They're super supportive of the petroleum lines. Yeah, they are. They're a huge supporter. And one of the interesting things is, you know, the privateers, even though they're an experienced group, is always interested in mentoring, giving back, and helping those, you know, hear our industry. So it's I, been, I can attest, I worked with several of the Jordans. So I, oh, yeah. Uh, amazing guys. I'll give a big shout out as well. Oh, yeah. They've been, they've been a huge help. I've, I've really enjoyed working with them um, here in the last six months. It's been if you want to check out the full length video, episode or video sode with Fossil Fuel Friday's Ken Lavin, Wintermud, and Matthew Hill with Night Energy Services with Byron Cottingham with Cottingham Consulting. Check out thecrudelife.com. We have all the links right there on our show page for Fossil Fuel Fridays. I'd like to thank 
Ken Lavin and Matthew Hill for coming on today's program. Byron Cottingham, U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer, and Imran Khan of Swan Energy. We'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. If you'd like to check out any of those exclusive interviews, go to thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts via Facebook, YouTubes, Twitters. It just keeps growing and growing and growing, folks. Go to thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. We'll be back next week at this time on this radio station and Make sure to reach out to your local radio station and find out how they can assist you during this time of Christmas, holiday shopping, and COVID as well. You'd be surprised at how much local information your radio station has. From the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. is performed by singer-songwriter Blind Joe. For more information on Blind Joe and how to purchase his music, visit thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. You'll find all the information and links to Blind Joe there. One more time, this is singer-songwriter Blind Joe with some holiday music. Oh, the weather outside is frightful But the fire is so since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Well, it doesn't show signs of stopping And I brought some corn for popping The lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out of the storm But if you really hold me tight all the way home I'll be warm Well, the fire is slowly dying But my dear, we're still goodbye So as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.
it the crude life is sponsored in part by it takes an industry to build a forest hey folks jason Spees with the crude life did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com.